Adela, welcome. Fantastic. Okay. Oh, great. Glory to God. It's 8.03 and we are going live. So I'm going to unmute everyone now. So you just say hello. How's everybody doing? <laughs> How are we? Hello. hello. Hi, hi. I hope we are excited. Hi. The Lord is set to do. Hi, welcome, welcome. Hello. 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 Welcome. So good to have you all here. Fantastic. So um, we are we are beginning this wonderful journey. And um, as always, I would like us to start with prayer. Just dive right in and start with prayer. We're going to be here for, um, by the grace of God, for an hour. I intend on releasing you all back to your families at 9 p.m. So roll with me. It's going to be concise, intense, um, but by the grace of God, everybody will, will receive their own word in Jesus' name. So can we just begin by thanking God for an opportunity to be here this evening, thanking him for making a way, thanking him for calling us. Um, inviting us especially to come again and spend some time in his presence. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this evening. I thank you for all of us, all of us wonderful women that are gathered here today at your feet to spend time with you, to fellowship with you, to learn from you. I'm grateful for the gift, Lord, of life. I'm grateful for the gift of family. I'm grateful for the gift of health. I'm just grateful, Lord, because you You've kept your eyes on us. You've, kept, you've, you've watched over us. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, that you show up countless times. Thank you, Father, that you have remained faithful to us in season, out of season. Lord, thank you because you have remained faithful. Blessed be your holy name, most high God. Thank you, King of glory. Thank you, Father, for another opportunity to fellowship with my sisters. Thank you because you will invade tonight. Thank you because you will teach us from your, yourself, by yourself. Oh, oh. Thank you, blessed God. Thank you, most high God. We are grateful. Glory, glory, glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just want us to spend a bit of time praying um, for our hearts and praying for our minds. Let's pray for that we will not be distracted. We just have an hour here tonight. Let's ask God that we will not be distracted, that we will be focused. We will hear him clearly. Let's speak to the, to the ears of our understanding. Let's speak to our eyes of understanding, to our hearts, that we will be open to receive everything the Lord has for us tonight in the name of Jesus, that we will not be distracted, we will not, we will not give up, um, be distracted by other things, we will focus, we will hear God clearly, we will understand the things he has for us tonight, we will not be discouraged, we will not turn aside, we will not give in to um, voices telling us other things, but we will hear the truth. I pray for my heart this evening, Father, I pray that it will be malleable, it will be soft, it will be open 
to what you have to say for me today in the name of Jesus. I pray for the ears of my spirit that it will be open to receive from you. I will hear you clearly, Lord. I will not be distracted in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He will give us a word that we need. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, Father God. Thank you because you show yourself. Thank you because you are Thank you, thank you, thank you, King of Glory. Thank you for showing. Fantastic. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Oh, we covered this network with the precious blood of Jesus. <laughs> so, Father, we just thank you this evening. We thank you for an opportunity to gather here today, Lord. We thank you for an opportunity to gather at your feet, to learn from you, to hear you clearly, to understand how you're calling us into a closer walk with you. I pray, Father, for every one of us here, our ears to be open, we will pray clearly, we will understand that which you will have for us, we will receive our own words in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank Amen. You, Thank you, King of Glory. I pray for myself as you speak through me. I pray that there will be none of me but all of you in the name of Jesus. Thank Amen. you, my Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Welcome once again. It's my honor, my greatest pleasure to have you ladies with us tonight. So I'm just going to go through very quickly uh, the things. I'm going to start by giving us a bit of a context, class, a bit of context of why we are here, um, and then we will take it from there. I may share some slides as we go along, just a few. Um, just to help us. So, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. Uh, let me know when you can see my screen, Can we see the screen yet or no? Can we see the screen yet? No. No, okay. No. 
Give me a second, please. If it doesn't work, we will just go without it. But I want it to work. <laughs> so just give me a second. The line is not connecting very well. The line is not connecting very well. Yes. Mm. I can't hear. I can barely hear you. Really? It's Maybe the network on your end. Can anybody else hear me clearly? Yeah. <laughs> Loud and clear. Yeah. Loud yeah, and clear. I can hear you. Okay, so I'm oh, so sorry. Maybe it's network from your end, though. We just pray that it all works. It all works out well. Pele. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay, okay, great, great, great. Happy to hear that. Screen sharing has Why is this so? Okay, ladies, I don't know. For whatever reasons, giving me an error message, screen sharing has failed to start. I don't know why. So, um, I will just move without it, okay? Okay, can I say something? Yes, please. So if the screen sharing is uh, not allowing you, so is it possible, are you using your phone for the Zoom? If not, you can do a screenshot and send it to the general group so that we can flow with you. Okay. Any I'm using my, yeah, I'm using, thank you for that. I'm using, I, I don't even know who said that actually, but thank you very much for that. I'm using my laptop, so it's perfect to do. Okay, awesome. So let's just begin. Um, and I will share a screenshot of each slide as we go along. Right, great. So the first thing I wanted to share with us in a couple of minutes just to set the context of how this is all going to go. Okay, and that's the program delivery. I'm gonna, so just to make sure that we're all together, I'm gonna put this on mute so that everybody can hear me clearly. Is that fine? Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, yes, yes. All right, okay, okay. Please cool. do. Okay, okay. <laughs> Voila, there we go. So if you have something to say, just raise your hand. I will see you and I will attend to you. Um, so the first thing I wanted to just speak about was program delivery and how it's going to, how the program is going to be. Um, and the first thing I've sent it to the group. So the first is the webinars, which we will have weekly. Who is unmuting themselves? Women of God. Hmm? The first is the webinars, which we will have every week. Um, they will be on Wednesday. They will be at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. GMT. And the whole aim of the webinars is primarily a teaching class. So we're here to teach, to learn, to understand what the Lord is saying in this season to us on each of the things. So we're going to follow the curriculum all the way through. The second part of the program is the small groups. And this is really where the accountability, the fellowship, the assignments are going to happen. So whatever it is that we're learning will be embedded within the small groups. Okay, so please, if you're not in a small group after this, let me know so I can put you in a small group. Hopefully, if you fill the form, you should be in a small group. 
Um, but that's where you, you begin to build a bond of sisterhood with your fellow women that are in that group. You hold each other accountable. You share a bit more about your assignments. You discuss each of the learnings. So after today, each small group is going to need to elect um, a class rep and a vice class rep. How you do it, I don't know. But just please do that between today and tomorrow. Then agree on a day where you're going to review the lessons for the, for the um, week and a day where you're going to pray together. Okay, that's very important. Um, and then hold each other accountable. So you're each other's, that's, your, that's like your cell group. You're each other's friend, each other's sister within that group. Okay, um, and then the third part of that is the prayer partners. And the prayer partners are there for prayer and for accountability. Okay, your prayer partners are there for prayer and for accountability. So please, when you are assigned a prayer partner, reach out to them, um, speak to them, pray with them most importantly, because as much as we, all these things we say we want to do, we need to do it in the place of prayer. Okay, so weekly webinars on Wednesdays, your small groups where majority of the learning will be embedded and then the prayer partners. Okay. Um, so hopefully that works. Then the other thing I wanted to say before we actually move in is I want you all, you ladies, to make one commitment today. And that is for the next one month to spend some time with God every single day. If you're starting from a base of zero, your time can be 10 minutes. It can be five minutes. It can be one hour. You know yourself, you know your life. But please make a commitment today that for the next one month, you will spend some time with God every single day. Prayer partners, please hold your prayer partners accountable. Life can get busy and it's our, you know, that's why we have communities. That's why we fellowship with one another so that we're helping each other to keep that fire alive. Cool. So I hope that's clear. If you have any questions at any point, please put it in the chat group. Um, I will. I will follow, I'll be checking the chat periodically to make sure I can check your questions and answer so that this way we can go through all the things we have for today. So now we're gonna move straight right on. Why revival? What is this revival? We keep on talking revival, I want a revival, blah, blah, blah. What is this revival? If you look at normal dictionary terms, it says it's an improvement in the condition, strength or fortunes of something or someone. It's also a restoration to life or consciousness. And it's an instance of something becoming popular, active, or important again. Um, and it's just worthy to note that when we talk about revival, revival is for believers. It's for those who already, they know God, they, they've accepted him, they've already believed. That's who the revival is for, you know, because we're setting ourselves aflame again. There's, we're, we're becoming, we're, we're being restored to life. We're being restored to a consciousness, really, of what is primarily important, which is our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and, and that's where it is. So if you look through, when we think about revival, sometimes we think about, and this is the next thing we think about, um, like people that we've heard, oh my goodness, Billy Graham, for example, or we think of, you know, um, Catherine Coleman, like these names that are like, oh my goodness, such deep um, men and women of God who did great and mighty things in their day. But it all starts with one. 
when you think about revival, really, it just goes to show the power of one. And I've sent this slide now to the group also. It just goes to show the power of one person. The Holy Spirit changes one person. The Holy Spirit moves one person. That one person then is set aflame and talks to the neighbor. And the Holy Spirit then changes the neighbor. And that neighbor talks to the other neighbor and the other neighbor. And they go to work and they set a flame there as well. And you keep on going like that and like that. It's the power of one person. Everybody, once they're set aflame, has that power of one. And I want us to start. Let's go to um, the Gospel of John. I hope we brought our Bibles with us. So we'll start John chapter 1. And I'm going to read from verse 35 to 48. John 1, 35 to 48. And this is really when Jesus was calling the first disciples, right? So he said, the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. And as he watched, Jesus walked by, he said, behold, as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, we have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day he decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and Jesus said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the town of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one about whom Moses wrote in the law and also the prophets, Jesus, son of John from Nazareth. But Nathanael said to him, can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. And you can just read the rest of the things that are happening there. But do you see how powerful one person is how powerful if um andrew imagine if andrew you know had encountered our lord and just kept quiet like okay that's it i'm done you know i've, I've heard him i've seen him okay that's great what next but no no he knew there was something more um and he he saw something so powerful so great he was all better he immediately called his brother i've seen something here and peter went and look at what happened uh, Philip, on the other hand, quickly went and told his friend, hey, I've seen something over here. Oh, I said, can anything good? He said, just come first and see. And that's the power of the revival. That's why we talk about the revival in the first place. Because um, when you think about, I'll use uh, um, the nation of Nigeria, for example, we have um, John chapter 1, verse 35 to 38. John 1, 35 to 38 is where I read from. We have, um, we have, so many churches, so many believers, so many, and you look at the level of, I don't know, that's going on in our, in our society. So it's to really think, are we, do we have this revival fire? Are we really on fire for God? Do we, do we represent him in every part of society that we go to? It's not just about being in the church. No, it's about believers go, taking the church into the world, taking the mountains for God. Let's go briefly to Matthew chapter 15. The 15th chapter of Matthew, verses 13 to 16. Matthew 15, verses 13 to 16. Um, and I'm going to read. 
and it says, he said, sorry. No, this is not it. Just give me a second. I'm going to check that. I don't know. Okay, give me a second. I'm going to check that. Um, but essentially, it's the power of one person, right? The power of one person to change. So you need to catch the fire first. That's why we talk about this revival of a matter. You need to catch that fire first. If you think about the prophet Elijah, First Kings chapter 17, all the way through to 19, and we'll talk about him a bit of, in a bit of detail. Um, it, he... He, he alone, single, almost like single-handedly with the power of God, you know, eradicated the worship of Baal in that society. If you think about um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, just look through the New Testament letters and see how powerful um, he allowed the Lord and the Holy Spirit to use him for the kingdom of God. That's the power of one, right? Um, and then it all starts off with this thing about um, and then obviously, if you look at the revivalist of old, some of the people we've mentioned and all of that, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they allowed the Holy Spirit to use them, to move through them so that they could birth a part of heaven on the earth. So before we begin this whole journey of revival, this whole journey of bringing a, ourselves again to consciousness, reawakening ourselves, reawakening restoring ourselves to a new life, restoring ourselves to a consciousness, it starts from the beginning. And let's go to the ninth chapter of Matthew, Matthew chapter nine, and I'll just read verse 17. And it says, people do not, Jesus was speaking here to his disciples and um, to the um, disciples of John. And he said, people do not put new wine into old wine skins. Otherwise the skins burst, the wine spills out and the skins are ruined. Rather, they pour new wine into fresh wineskins, and both are preserved. Now, if you think about old wineskins, and that's Matthew 9, verse 17. If you think about old wineskins, they already had a preformed shape because, um, you know, they were made of, like, they were skin, right? Skin of um, animals. So they had a preformed shape that they, they had um, already formed from the wine that was in them before. So they were hard and they were brittle. Now, the difference with new wineskin, new wineskin was softer. So they took the form of the wine that was being poured into it. So the problem when you poured new wine into old wine skins is that as the wine began to ferment, there will be no room for expansion as the fermentation occurs. That's why the wine skins will burst. So for you to enter revival, there must, it must start off with a stripping of everything that you've known. You must be able to take correction. You must be, become malleable again. You must be able to hear the word clearly again. Forget how you formerly knew God, how you formerly experienced. Like, don't get so stuck up in what you thought God was or the only ways you thought God could move. Be malleable again. Allow God to use you. Pray for the state of your heart. And we're going to stop here and just pray um, for the state of our hearts, that the Lord will turn our hearts of stone into hearts of flesh, that we will be malleable again. Please, let's just begin to pray. That we will be malleable again. The name of Jesus. Lord will touch our hearts. If there's anything, our hearts have been hardened. Hearts that He will give us a heart of place of a heart of stone. In the name of Jesus, that we will hear a great work inside of us. Give us a heart of flesh and take away the heart of stone. 
we will be in the name of Jesus. God. We will be teachable. We will be moving. We will not. We will be teachable. Our hearts will be teachable. Shall we In the name of Jesus, Lord, will not remain the same. Lord, make our hearts to be teachable. In the name of Jesus, Lord, hearts out to God. Help us to keep our ways fresh oh god totally reduce that you will increase inside of us in the name of jesus lord us oh god to become that which you want us to become in this season amen and that's a prayer that we need to pray regularly right we need to pray that regularly that we will be um we will be dependable to god we will be we'll be clay in his hand and you know the thing about clay is that clay doesn't struggle with the potter clay is just clay and it's just there it allows the potter to mold it whichever way the potter wants to mold it because the thing that happens is when you struggle with the potter you come out a bit misshapen instead of you to be a fine cup your handle is one way your rim is not straight that's what happens when you struggle but when you are malleable and you allow yourself to be molded the way you're meant to be molded oh my gosh you come out and it's, it's, it's a work of art. And that's what God wants to do with all of us this evening. And I pray we will let him in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the next thing I want us to, um, to really talk about is um, this thing around, let's go to Matthew chapter 5 um, and verse 6. Matthew 5 verse 6. And it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, but they will be satisfied. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, but they will be satisfied. That is just such a powerful, such a powerful um, verse of scripture. It's a promise right here. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, but they will be satisfied. What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? Are you hungry to reveal heaven on earth? Are you Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Matthew 5, 6. Hmm? So what are you hungry for? Are you hungry to, um, to reveal a portion of heaven on earth? Are you hungry to reveal a portion of heaven in your industry? What drives you? What moves you? What are you passionate about? I'm hungry to see believers rise up in the workplace with their um, purple lipstick, their well-done hair, their nails, their stilettos, backed by the power of the Holy Spirit, downloading mysteries from heaven to excel in their marketplace and, and change their industries. That's what I'm hungry for. I'm hungry to see God's heart birthed upon the earth. I'm hungry to see the desire of my Father fulfilled upon the face of the earth. What are you hungry for? The problem with us, why we struggle so much sometimes is that we are actually not hungry. When our focus remains on Jesus, we may fall, we may move, we may whatever, but we will come back to being focused on our Lord. Says to ask ourselves, um, what are we really hungry for? And this hunger is contagious, and we'll speak about that. You can actually catch hunger. The same way, like, I don't know, for some of you, maybe if you're not a foodie, this will really, you won't really understand. But sometimes if I go somewhere and I see somebody eating desserts, I really like desserts. So let's say I see someone eating this lovely, you know, tiramisu. And I'm just watching as they're eating it. My taste buds begin to tingle because I want the tiramisu. I want to, I want to eat it as well. So the same way you catch hunger, right? So this is what you need to stoke with your prayer partner. You, two of you are literally setting yourselves on fire for hunger. Um, setting yourselves on fire, rather. 
You're stoking each other's hunger. You are hungry for more. She is hungry for more. Two of you together are reaching and pulling yourselves. Let's enter deeper. Let's enter deeper. So when you're hungry, you're filled. When you're hungry, um, you don't begin to sit down and, and um, if you have food in your, in your fridge, you eat. That's what hunger does, isn't it? So sometimes we can pray without being hungry, but we can never be hungry and not pray. It's not possible. That hunger drives you to pray. Um, and it's something to pray. Lord, baptize me with the kind of hunger that will, that will move me, the kind of hunger that will push me. And that's a prayer point we should pray regularly. But give me the kind of hunger that, that, that cannot be quenched, the kind of hunger that, will, will be prepared, that can never be satisfied, the kind of hunger that will go into perpetuity, right? What am I saying again? When, um, which one am I saying again? Ugechiyiri. You can be hungry. Okay. You can, you can pray without being hungry. And that's just, I mean, they've told me I need to pray. They've told me that um, that's what Christians do. Christians need to spend time with their father in heaven every day. So I just show up and do some kind of prayer thing and I go. You can pray without being hungry. But you cannot be hungry without praying. You can't be hungry for more of God without expressing it in prayer, without running to spend time with God. That hunger pushes you to spend time with God. And if you don't feel that hunger, if you don't have that hunger, it's something to pray about. It's something to ask your Heavenly Father for. Asking God to baptize you with the kind of hunger that will push you towards Him. To baptize you with the kind of hunger that can never be satisfied. The kind of hunger that is not just interested in doing things but interested in being. And that's the thing. Sometimes you say, you know, we say um, when you're hungry, let me not jump. Let's go to John chapter 14, verse 12. And sorry, I'm going fast. I'm looking at the time so that we finish on time. So John chapter 14 and verse 12. And it says, amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. And will do greater ones than these because I'm going to the Father. Hmm. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and even greater ones than these. Please, what works are you doing? Are you doing greater works than your Father? Are we doing greater works than our Lord? Why not? Why? Why are we not? So we already see a portion of the desire of God. Our hunger doesn't only, doesn't only affect you. Remember we said it starts with the power of one. Your hunger doesn't only make you satisfied. Your hunger can change an entire environment. Jesus has promised us that whoever believes in him will do not just what he does, but can, it would even do greater works than him. If we're not doing greater, there's something wrong somewhere that we need to check. How is our, what's our hunger level? The Lord has said it. We can do greater works. So we need to be checking ourselves. When we're hungry, we search for depths in God that, that we never knew before. When we're hungry, we experience depths of God that we never knew before. You know, God cannot ignore hunger. That's why it says, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be satisfied. You will be filled. As hungry as you are, you will be filled. So one of the things that everybody should pray for is, Father, increase my capacity to receive from you. Increase my capacity to be hungry. Some people can only, maybe, you know, um, they want to have lunch and maybe they just have, I don't know, a sandwich uh, and a cup of tea and they're fine. Some other people, maybe they need to eat um, 
um, a bar and um, <laughs> I don't know, a basin of a bar and soup, whatever, to be satisfied. Everybody's hunger is different. So the thing is, everybody's um, capacity to eat and be full is different. So you need to begin to pray and ask the Lord that he should increase your capacity for hunger. He should increase your capacity to, to receive him. He should increase your, your capacity. And now sometimes the temptation, which I was saying earlier, is when we hear this thing of um, John 14, 12, that greater works is it, that sometimes we get distracted that, oh, that's what it is. You know, I'm hungry for God. I need to do this. I need to start this. I need to heal the sick. I need to raise the dead. I need to, I don't know what, I need to, I don't know what. But we forget that the principal thing is being. Being. What do I mean by being? The power of one is that you have something. You're being transformed every day into the mirror image of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's, that's, what, that's what this journey is about. If you are truly being transformed every day, greater and greater into the image of our Lord Jesus then we just realize that um, we, we realize that we're able to make the kind of impact that, that we want to make. So we don't start off saying, Lord, you know what? I just want this hunger so I can show people. And we'll talk about that when we talk about sonship. So I can show people that, you know, I'm really a daughter of God. I want to do this and I want to do that. No, Mary has chosen the better part. And what did she do? She sat at the feet of Jesus. She sat at the feet of Jesus. And that's, that's why at the beginning I said, make that commitment today, that every day throughout this course, you will spend some time literally sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mary has chosen the better part. She sat at the feet of Jesus. Don't be a Martha, that you're so interested in serving, in doing, in showing, in taking care of, in pouring out that you forget to fill yourself up. Yeah? So the kind of hunger that will not just be interested in doing, but in being, that's what we're looking for. Don't be satisfied with what you've experienced of God. Some people, they're like, oh, you know what? You know, some people keep on referring back to, um, uh, ah, you know, um, in 1993, when the Lord visited me in a um, whatever at night, you know, I just had such a solid, I don't know what of God and blah, blah, blah. And in 1993, and that's the greatest time I've ever experienced God. That 1993, every time they want to give, they refer back to 1993. I'm not saying you don't have pivotal moments in your walk with God. You do. You do have moments that mark you forever, moments that um, the Lord ordains and consecrates you to something. The moment he calls you into more, the moment he gives you a vocation, the moment he says, this is what, what it is you're meant to do for me upon the face of the earth. We have those pivotal moments, but we must never be so satisfied with what we've experienced of God that we become comfortable with what, what has passed. We need to be hungry for more. The more we look is the more we become. The more we look at God, the more, the more we are transformed into him. Remember, um, Jacob uh, you know, received um, insight from, from God and he placed the sticks, the striped sticks and the spotted sticks before where the sheep were mating. And as the sheep were mating, as the sheep were eating, as the sheep were drinking water and just going around the whole place, they were beholding the stick, the sticks rather. And they became like the sticks. And that's the thing with us. As we behold God, we become like God. As we behold Jesus, we spend time with Jesus. We become more like Jesus. We cannot expect to make any lasting change upon this earth unless we are truly transformed 
into many images of Christ. We should be many Jesuses, quote unquote, running around the whole place. That's that's um, that's what it's all about, really. Me, literally, many Jesuses going around the whole place, behaving like how our Lord was behaving with the attributes our Lord our Lord had, all of that type of thing, right? Is it just me? I keep getting disconnected after every five minutes. Oh dear, Jemima, I'm sorry. I think it's your network. Sorry about that. So can we go to Ephesians? The book of Ephesians, Ephesians, Ephesians. <laughs> Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter five. So the fifth chapter of Ephesians, and we're going to be reading from verse 15 to 19. Ephesians 5, 15 to 19. Okay, and it says, watch carefully then how you live, not as a foolish person, but as a wise person, making the most of the opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not continue in ignorance, but try to understand what is the will of the Lord. And do not get drunk on wine in which lies the boshery, but be filled with the spirit of God, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and playing to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks always and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. That's Ephesians 5, 15 to 19. And this is just so powerful. And there's just so much to unpack here. Uh, but it says, try, first of all, try and understand the will of God. Don't live foolishly. Don't live like foolish people. But live like people that are wise. And it's, it's a good verse to also read in different translations so that you really understand the context, right? Um, but don't live like foolish people. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Um, on tra but try to understand what the will of God is. You can only understand the will of God in the presence of God. You can't understand the will of God outside of God. God reveals what God wants. God tells you what his will is. God shows you what his will is. God directs you towards his will. God aligns you to his will. But you need to show up and say, okay, Father, I'm ready for you. I'm ready to move the way you want me to move. I'm, I'm ready to be directed how it is you want, you want to direct me. Literally, have your way. You know, but we need to be wise. We need to live not as foolish people live. And there are some things I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address on that. But he said, be filled with the Spirit of God. We'll speak about that. I think on, on the fourth week or something, we speak about the Holy Spirit. Um, be filled with the Spirit of God, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and playing to the Lord in your heart. Singing and playing to the Lord in your heart. Sometimes, have you woken up um, and you wake up with a, with a song or you wake up praying? I don't know if anybody has experienced that. You can raise your hand if you've experienced that before. You know, if you, if you wake up from sleep and there's just a new song, okay, great, right, fantastic. I'm seeing, I'm seeing some fantastic, awesome. What's happening is that your spirit was communing with God while you were sleeping. And that's just so powerful. And it's not something that happens overnight. So if you're not raising your hand, don't be thinking, oh my God, this, what's really going on here? This is just, no, no. It's, um, your spirit was communing with God overnight. And I'm going to tell us some ways we can, we can sort of get to that place in God. You need to train your spirit to engage with God. So those that, you know, sometimes they wake up and they wake up in this way, you know, in this way, while you were sleeping, your spirit went on because your, your spirit doesn't sleep unless we make it sleep, if you know what I mean. 
your spirit doesn't sleep. So your spirit is doing something while you are asleep. And you can train your spirit to engage with God, whether you are awake or asleep. So don't end your day with what you watched on Instagram. Don't, end, don't just fall asleep after you've watched a movie on I don't know what. Be wise. Scripture says, watch carefully then how you live, not as foolish people, but as wise people, making the most of the opportunity because the days are evil. We live in a world where the information is coming at us at every point. Everything is a, is a ticket where everything is whatever. It's just a moment away. You can be on social media. You want to spend five minutes. The one hour has gone by. Like, ah, oh, it's my bedtime. Let me just sleep. No, no, no. Can we stop that today? From tonight, starting from tonight, just take it before you sleep tonight. Take a verse of scripture. It can be some, it can even be this one. Watch carefully then how you live. Not as foolish people, but as wise. That's all. Don't do anything so deep. That's all. Just take that. Be thinking about it. Meditate on it. Don't, watch how I live. How am I living? Am I living like a wise person? Am I living as a foolish person? What am I doing? Be meditating on the word of God as you go to bed. That's your training your spirit to engage with God. You're training your spirit to engage with God and you're stoking up your hunger gradually. So let your mind play with that as you fall asleep. And then just before you, um, you sleep, another thing says, Holy Spirit, consume my mind. Holy Spirit, consume my mind. As I'm about to sleep, precious Holy Spirit, consume my mind. Continue speaking to God long after I go to bed. Like, oh yeah. Because, you know, and they can just continue that communion. They can continue that communion. Um, and then you, you, you wake up and you think, oh, this, you know, something has happened. Okay, what, what's happening? It's just your spirit that's, that has been communing with the Lord. Your spirit has been engaging with God, right? Um, if we go to James chapter 5, um, verses 13 to 18. And we're going to wrap up soon. James 5, 13 to 18. Um, and it says, is anyone among you suffering? He should pray. Is anyone in good spirits? He should sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? He should summon the presbyters of the church and they should pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now, this is where I'm going. The fervent prayer of a righteous person is very powerful. Elijah was a human being like us, yet he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain upon the land. Then he prayed again and the sky gave rain and the earth produced his fruits. My goodness, a man like us. <laughs> Scripture was so, <laughs> made sure they included it. He was a man like us. He was not a spirit. He was not, um, I don't know, one man like us prayed. And there was no rain upon the earth for three years and six months. One man like us. What are you hungry for? What drives you? What moves you? What's your desire? What's really, really your heartfelt desire? Hmm? And then if we go to 1 Kings 18, 41 to 44, it shows us how exactly Elijah prayed. And it says, um, 1 Kings 18, 41 to 44. Elijah then said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. Wow. First of all, I hope you know that's a prophetic declaration. That was a prophetic declaration, right? Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. 
So Ahab went up to eat and drink, while Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, crouched down to the earth, and put his head between his knees. He said to his servant, Go up and look out to the sea. He went up and looked, but reported, There is nothing. Seven times he said, Go look again. And the seventh time the youth reported, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising from the sea. That was good enough for Elijah. Elijah said, Go and say to Ahab, Harness up and go down the mountains before the rain stops you. All at once, the sky grew dark with clouds and winds and a heavy rain fell. Ahab mounted his chariot headed for Jezreel, but the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. He girded up his clothing and ran before Ahab as far as the approaches to Jezreel. Wow, this verse, it just, I don't know. It just really makes me so excited because there's just so many things here. Elijah made a prophetic declaration and then he backed it up in the place of prayer. He backed it up with the secret place. He had made a prophetic declaration to King Ahab and he said, go up, eat and drink. There's the sound of a heavy rain. And then he went up to the top of the mountain, crouched down to the earth, put his head between his knees and he stayed there. He stayed there in his own secret place until he had a note of victory. How do you keep personal revival? You pray till you, till you see a sign of victory. And when you see that sign, you celebrate it. The prophet Elijah didn't wait until the um, he didn't wait until the sky grew dark with clouds and winds. He waited until his servant told him there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising up from the sea. That was good enough for him. A cloud as small as a man's hand rising up from the sea. Do you know the reason why a lot of us struggle with personal revival? Why some of us struggle with keeping um keeping with God is because we don't celebrate what God has done. We're too quick to criticize ourselves. We're too quick to compare ourselves to the others. Do you know what their struggle is? We see somebody on Instagram, they post a statement that sounds deep. All of a sudden we're like, oh my God, Father, look at me now. I'm just useless. I can't even do this thing right. See this person on um, whatever. Do you know what that person's struggles are? Do you know if that's the only deep thing that the person knows? Do you know if they copied it from someone else? Can you walk your walk with your Lord, please? Open your eyes to see what God has really done for you. Where you are today is not where you were when you first believed. You may have been doing some things before, but the Lord has delivered you through it. Have you stopped to actually tell him, thank you? Instead of just saying, I'm not good enough, or, you know, I, I keep on falling, or I keep on, I don't know what. No. Are we checking our lives? Elijah stayed in the secret place, and he kept on checking. Seven times he sent his servant, are you checking your life? Where did you come from? Where are you now? Where are you going to? Where is God taking you to? You have to be hungry as I'm rounding up because that's the only way you can be filled. In this journey, there's no arrival until you get to heaven. There's no perfection. There's no um, final, the final bus stop really is when we reach our heavenly home. So we have to keep on growing until the Lord calls us home. We have to keep on growing deeper until God um, calls us home. We, have to, we, can't, we can't be satisfied. With, um, with where we are. We need to keep on going into the deep. Remember that hunger is contagious. Who are your friends? What company do you keep? What do you challenge each other to do? What do you speak about? Some people, the only thing they exchange is um, funny videos on Instagram or just they're exchanging it back and forth. Have you seen this video? Ah, some other people is gossip we are good at doing. Do you see that person's skirt? Do you see her leg? Do you see her hair? Do you see her? That's not an edifying friendship. Are you the kind of friend even that edifies? It starts from you. Don't wait for your friend to change. It starts from you. You are the one it begins with. You can decide today to repurpose your friendships, to repurpose your relationships. 
So when your friends send 10 Instagram videos, you can send one edifying something. It begins with you. You need to catch the fire first and then you spread it. Um, and then you sp need to spend time in the word of God. Be one with God. Um, sometimes we struggle because we don't know enough about the character of God. Sometimes we think, um, you know, that maybe we've not spent time with God. Maybe we didn't quite, God is angry with me. God is keeping malice with me. That's not the character of God. But because we've not actually gone through scripture, we don't understand the nature of God. When scripture says God is love, actually it means God is love. God is really, really love. He's a loving God, right? So spend time in the word. Let scripture fill your heart. Then spend time with God. Talk to your father. Listen to him. It's a two-way conversation. Don't be so distracted with the cares of this world that you fail to spend time with God. God desires to spend time with you. He's hungry for you. He wants to meet you where you are. Let me tell you something. You cannot desire God more than God desires you. The way God desires you is actually a little bit crazy. God so loved his, the world that he sent his only begotten son. That while we were yet sinners, he sent him to come and die for these ones. That's the kind of love God has for us. Nothing. What's that song? There's no, power, um, there's no mountain too high right? No valley too low or something, no river too wide to keep you from coming to me. That's the love of God. So when we think really, we start from that place of God loves me. He loves me. He created me. He's my father and he loves me. He desires me. He delights over me. He wants to spend time with me. He, he actually wants my presence even more than I desire his presence, right? Um, and lastly, just to state that there is no right or wrong way on this journey. Every one of us has a different consecration. Every one of us has a, a different calling. It would dictate how we fellowship with God. Some people would do it standing. Some would do it kneeling. Some would do it flat on the face. Some, all of those things are not what counts. But there must be fellowship. There must be fellowship with God. Fellowship every single day with your Lord and with your lover. And I do hope this has blessed you. I'm going to stop here. Um, if you, I will, um, I'm going to stop here for today. Um, if you have questions, please post it on the group where we're recording be found. I will share the recording um, by God's grace. I hope this has been recorded. Um, anyway, yeah. So if you have questions, please post it on the group chat. I'm going to unmute us all now. Um, and I hope we've been blessed with this before we pray. I very hope well. we've been blessed. I hope we've learned a thing yes. or two. Very well. Yeah. Very well. Fantastic. Thank God. Thank God. So we have assignments because you know, I hope yes, we have assignments. A lot of assignments. We share the assignments also on the group. The first assignment is for us to read Revelations chapter 2 and 3. Let me mute everybody first so that we can all hear the assignment. So our first assignment, and someone can also help me write it in the chat box. Thank you. Our first assignment is to read Revelations chapters 2 and 3. Um, and as you're reading it, read it a couple of times. Read it in as many translations as you can find it. Revelations chapter 2 and 3. And the reason you're reading it is identify which one of the churches you are. 
So two and three is the letter to the church, letters to the churches. So identify which of the churches you are. Revelations two and three. The second one is write a letter to God, thanking him for your for your work with him so far. So write a letter to God, tell him thank you for where you brought me from, and be very specific. Dear God, um, this is your daughter, so 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 let it be as personal as you want it to be. Remember the things he saved you from. Remember the things he brought you through. Remember the, the um, victories he gave you, the testimonies he's given to you. Write, write that letter to God. Um, actually write it out, either on your laptop, on your phone, whatever, paper, pen. Write out that letter to God and just really thank God. Celebrate him. Show him how grateful you are um, for where you are. The third thing is, uh, I would like you to watch Hunger Games. It's on YouTube. It's by Pastor Imisi Owolabi, Hunger Games. It gives a bit more clarity into how to stoke this hunger, right? And the final assignment <laughs> is the group work. And that is, I would like you ladies to think of, um, to do some research. This is the group assignment, right? To do some research on the revivalist of old. We have so many. So each group is going to do research on one revivalist agree on one revivalist do research on them how did they start off what notable things did they do how was their work with god what what lessons can we learn from them because you're going to share um you're going to share with us and you're going to share with the group okay fantastic i'm going to um unmute us again thank you so much we're going to pray shortly now to end because i really want us to be out there on time ma'am i will post the assignments on whatsapp as well okay so i just want us i mean we're just going to take two or three prayer points can we just begin by praying lord baptize me with a kind of hunger that will push me hunger and thirst for righteousness in the name of Christ. Move me, Lord Jesus, to you. Draw me to yourself. It takes God to seek God. Draw me to yourself, Father Lord. Help me to be hungry for you more. this hunger within you. To catch the hunger. Let me not be satisfied with what I've known of you. Satisfied with the experiences I've had of you in the past. Let me not be satisfied with the that that's just Father, let me have a merry kind of hunger. A hunger that desires to be in your presence. A hunger that desires to spend time with you. A hunger that just wants more of you. A hunger that loves your presence. That wants to sit with you. A hunger that wants to learn from you. A hunger that wants to move with you. A hunger for you, Lord. Help me to be perpetually hungry. Help me to be perpetually hungry. Name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's just begin to pray for our communities, our friendships, the people around us. Let's ask God that if we don't already, I mean, it's two things. If you don't already have communities where you can have these conversations, we're going to ask God to move you into these communities. Your groups are great places to start. But please say, Lord, help me to be friendly. Open my eyes that I may see the women you've raised up around me to do this work in your life with me. Help me to 
help me, draw me to my tribe, Lord. Draw me to my tribe. Let me op- open my eyes that I may see those that you have entrusted me to, and you've called me to give me those which you have Jesus. Father, current friends, Lord, help us to repurpose our friendship. Let us be focused more on you. Help us set us our change for you. Begin to do a work within us. That if we're doing anything that's not edifying, if we have conversations that are not edifying, or conversations that are even simple, Lord. Father, I pray that you will convict us and you will draw us to you in the precious name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you will repurpose our friendships, repurpose our friendships, so that our friendships will give you glory. That from our we begin to stoke up this hunger for you in the name of Jesus. We begin to birth upon the face of the earth. This hunger for you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Finally, let's just begin to pray for grace and for strength. We started a journey today. We're, we're going to be here for the next one month together. And there's so much that can happen. Obviously, you know, the enemy is not really happy. We are here. This, the enemy is not really happy that we're here having these conversations, that we're here starting this journey afresh. So let's go ask God that for strength and for grace, that as we come upon this journey, as we started this journey, we will, we will not be distracted. We will not fall by the wayside. We will see it through to the end in the name of Jesus, that he will draw us into him, that every day we will spend time in his presence in the mighty name of Jesus. We are hungry for him. We will keep our eyes on our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We will not be, we will not be the ones that are drawn, that draw back onto perdition. We will not be like those that put their hands to the plow and look back in the name of Jesus Christ, but we will be like daughters that set our faces like we move forward. We will follow our God all the way to the end. Wherever he leads us, we will go. We are obedient daughters of the Father in the name of Jesus. We will not be distracted. Nothing in our in our environment, nothing in our friendships will distract us or pull us away in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Precious Father, we just thank you. Thank you for an opportunity to time in your presence. Thank you, most high God, for speaking to us. Thank you for speaking us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because you are a good God. A good God. You are a kind God. Thank you so much for revealing yourself to us, calling us to intimacy with you, calling us closer um, into this journey and into this walk with you. Father, we release ourselves to be used by you. We release ourselves to, to be molded by you. Anyhow, you want to use us, Lord, we are ready. Whatever you want to send us, we are ready. Whatever you want to do with us, Father, we submit to you. Because we are your beloved daughters and you are our heavenly Father. And we trust you and we love you. Pray, Lord, that this journey will lead to transformational life in every one of us. Give us wisdom to manage our time appropriately so that we know the things we need to give up so we can focus upon you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, King Corey. Amen. Daddy, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been amazing. So any more questions, we can put it on the group um, and I will put the instructions on the group as well. Bless you.
have an amazing evening and thank god i'm only two minutes late so thank god <laughs> right, god bye bless bye. you ladies have a great evening bye thank you bye. Bye. thank you bye. Bye. thank you god bless you